if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are a rolling. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. It's the twelfth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, twenty twenty-one. Congressman Jim Jordan will be by uh, to speak with us coming up at about nine forty-eight. We've got a host of issues to talk to him about. He went to um, McAllen. I wish I could do that. I really do. He went down to McAllen, Texas, to see firsthand what's going on in the border or at the border, and he'll report back to us. Uh, he did report back uh, last week when he got back, but this is our first chance to talk to him since that time. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, and his analysis of what's really going on down there. I would love to go. I mean, already Jim Jordan has done more to address the border problem than the person who has been tapped by the president of the United States to address the border problem, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris hadn't been to the border. Border. Joe Biden himself hadn't been to the border. Neither one of them want anything to do with what happens at the border because if they have to go down there, cameras will follow and cameras will be allowed to show the American people what's going on at the border. So neither one of them want anything to do with it. Meanwhile, there's some 19,000 unaccompanied minors being held in either DHS facilities uh, or in... Um, Border Patrol facilities, uh, detention facilities, or they're being flown up uh, to various parts of the country. It is an absolute train wreck, and they don't want to go down there and acknowledge it. So Jim Jordan is going to report back to us on that, among his many other uh, topics of conversation at 948. But before we begin our topics of conversation here in the opening monologue, let's pause for just a moment. Put your hand on your heart. Stand, if you're not driving, for our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That is what it is all about, I pledge as well. And if you do indeed have allegiance to this country and to the flag and the republic and to the constitution for which it stands, well, then you will be just as outraged as I when you hear things like the President of the United States declaring that the Bill of Rights, that the amendments to the constitution that provide us with our rights, uh, he says, are not absolute. They can be revoked, said King Joe the, the, uh, the Infirmed. How about that? 
I just made that up. King Joe the Infirmed. Uh, because he is. He's, he's suffering from a serious infirmity. He is uh, cognitively uh, declining at a very rapid rate. But King Joe the Infirmed says, yes, um, uh, he can pretty much wave a wand, or in his case, a pen. And as his former running mate and partner uh, in crime, literally, literally, Barack Obama, pen and a phone, he can pretty much take away those rights. They are not absolute. He tried to do that when he made his order last week, his anti-Second Amendment among six different orders, but his anti-Second Amendment order requiring national red flag laws. That was essentially a waving of the pen and revoking uh, the hard-fought and extraordinarily, extraordinarily well-argued and positioned uh, Bill of Rights by our founding fathers. He revoked the Second Amendment in that regard by saying that anybody who says anything about anybody else, indicating that they may be unsafe to own a firearm, that police officers can be dispatched to revoke those firearms. It is a clear violation of the Second Amendment, which is absolutely not, sorry about the odd wording there, awkward, it's absolutely not uh, not absolute. So again, uh, in other words, the Bill of Rights is absolute. Joe Biden is wrong. But what we're talking about here is the red flag laws, and I want to hit this briefly. Uh, among other issues today, because uh, we're going to talk about this somewhat tonight in my speech to the uh, Strongsville Republican Club, and I'm very much looking forward to that. If you don't have your tickets for that yet, I think you're out of luck. I think it's sold out. Um, But you can check with the Strongsville Republican Club. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, the red flag law being put forth by, or uh, order rather, being made by Joe Biden here, and it's it's the unconstitutional aspect of it, if you will. Look, Everyone knows, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone who has studied this even, you know, on a very, very shallow level. You don't have to be a deep constitutional scholar to understand what the Second Amendment means and also to understand what Joe Biden's goal here is by putting forth this this red flag law. It is attempting to remove guns from the hands of people that might be a danger to themselves or others, thinking that this will stop murders in the United States. Now, I'm going to... Before I go to the, the, the nuts and bolts of this particular order of his, something tr- terrible, something absolutely awful, traumatic, tra- tragic, disgusting, uh, I can't think of other enough words to say this happened over the weekend, or at least we learned about it over the weekend. A California mother is suspected of butchering her three little children. Um. I, I can't put it any other way, and I wish I didn't have to tell you the story. I wish the story wasn't in the news. I really don't, but it, it has to be used here for the purposes of making the, the, the point that I want to make. In this terrible, terrible, tragic, horrific act, um, a believed-to-be mentally disturbed mother butchered her three children ages three, two, and six months. She took a knife to them. She stabbed them all to death. Now, again, I, I wish I didn't have to say that to you, and I wish you didn't have to have that image in your head, the same way I, you know, it appeared in mine when I first read the story and saw coverage of the story. It's just, it's just awful. The husband of, uh, or the boyfriend, rather, of the woman who had been pushing in, in legal proceedings to get custody of the three children because he knew that she was not well. He knew she was not well. Said that what happened, of course, is which is so devastating to him and for him as well, he felt like could have been avoided if she had been forced into some sort of mental counseling. 
So why am I talking about this now in relation to gun rights? And the reason should be very, very simple. You cannot deprive people of their rights to defend themselves with firearms as guaranteed by the Second Amendment with the belief that that will stop deranged people, disturbed people, mentally ill people from committing murders. It won't. This is an example of that. Now, had this terribly disturbed mother in California um, shot her babies to death, her three-year-old, her two-year-old, and her six-month-old, the story today wouldn't be at all about the babies. The story would be about this mentally deranged woman had guns. See, this is why red flag laws must be passed. Red flag orders by Joe Biden must be followed. Because you see a mentally disturbed woman here, uh, the, guy, the, the boyfriend knew she was mentally disturbed, tried to report her. She would have had her guns taken away. If she would have had her guns taken away under the red flag laws, uh, the babies would be alive. And clearly, they're not. My point to this is obvious, or it should be obvious anyway, it's not about the weapons, it's about the individuals. It is not about the type of weapon used to commit terrible, violent crimes, whether they be shootings in the street between gang members or they be stabbings on subway platforms, which we have seen plenty of, or in this case, a horrific domestic assault with a mother and her children. Weapons will be found. Weapons will be used. So why should law-abiding people have their weapons taken away from them under Joe Biden's red flag order, red flag law national order, um, in order to stop something that can't be stopped anyway. I hope this is clear. And, and, and I'm really trying not to use the case in California to politicize this, because it's just nothing but traumatic, tragic, and just <laughs> sickening, and, and, and just makes your heart ache to think about those little babies, uh, the three-year-old, the two-year-old, and the six-month-old. But the point here is that it is not, this mentally disturbed woman didn't even use a gun, and a mentally disturbed woman committed terrible, terrible crimes. So asking states, which is what Joe Biden is doing with this executive order, to allow people to declare others that they know, family members or friends, as being potentially a threat to themselves, which is so loose, so incredibly loose, to call the authorities and report on them, and then allow uh, police pre-investigation, mind you. Before any investigation into the claim can be made, the police would come and confiscate the weapons. The guns, anyway, leaving only the other weapons that one can find around a house, as just described. But the police would confiscate the firearms and then force the individual to have uh, a court hearing, to hire a lawyer, to go through the process of proving, no, I'm not a threat to myself. Yes, I'm a little depressed. Oh, I lost a bunch of money on a Super Bowl bet. Oh, my dog just died. Yeah, I'm depressed. Yeah, I'm not feeling happy about things right now. But no, I'm not going to kill anybody nor myself. You don't get to take my guns and have to convince a judge to restore or return Second Amendment rights that should never have ever been taken away. So this is an extraordinary and extreme action being taken uh, by Joe Biden, which, of course, it is. Why wouldn't it? Why would it not be? This is all Joe Biden has done since he took office is extraordinary and extreme actions, including two point two five dollar trillion, two point two five trillion dollar rather infrastructure bills that are not about infrastructure, one point nine trillion dollar covid relief bills that are not about covid relief. And I can go on and on and on. 
about taxation and spending and regulation and killing jobs and revoking uh, pipeline permits and on down the line. We can go on and on and on. But this is getting to be extreme when it is right now not just a figurative assault on the Bill of Rights, but a statement by the president that your Bill of Rights is not absolute. I can take it away if I wish. And don't think that's not what is being said here. It is absolutely what is being said when he uses those words directly that no amendment is absolute, and then proceeds to prove it with executive order. He is saying, I am above the Constitution. I am above the Bill of Rights. My orders supersede the rights guaranteed you in the Bill of, uh, Bill of Rights. So I want to hit, I'm going to hit that tonight hard, I promise you, uh, when I speak to the uh, Strongsville Republican Club. But I wanted to start with that today because the more and more we are learning and when I see terrible examples of violent crimes committed without guns by deranged people, mentally ill people, like we saw in California, it just underscores the point here. Innocent, law-abiding people cannot have their rights revoked because of the terrible actions of mentally ill people um, or or just evil people who aren't mentally ill but are just violent criminals because of their actions. Your, your car should not be confiscated by the police from your garage because your neighbor drove drunk and killed somebody. That's just not how this works. Okay, 919, quick time out. we got more violence starting up again in Minneapolis. No, not in reaction to the Derek Chauvin trial, which is not over yet, but we had a police-involved shooting of an African-American, and so, right, let's get us some Nikes. That story next, AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 925 on a Monday morning. Good morning to you. So overnight, it started again. Now, if I told you that violence and rioting and looting were going to happen and arson and cops' cars being smashed and innocent bystanders' cars being smashed with bricks, if I told you that was going to happen in Minneapolis overnight, you would probably have assumed it meant that there was a verdict in the Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, right? And that the officer, former officer, was cleared in the death of George Floyd. That's probably what would tip, uh, you know, or touch off new uh, riots, right? Uh, that isn't the case. More riots, riots erupted last night in Minneapolis because there was an officer-involved shooting of a black man. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the details of the shooting yet because obviously it's new, it's fresh, and an investigation didn't even begun yet. And the reason I point that out is because. This is the problem with the left today. The left has encouraged and emboldened and almost ordered individuals in city uh, in uh, cities particularly predominantly urban centers to react first and study and learn the facts second by pushing and advocating for things like critical race theory, the 1619 Project, critical race training, anti-racist uh, 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 training, and so on and so forth. The left has told everyone to believe that every black person is a victim in this country of white supremacy, white privilege, and white violence. And when a black person is stopped, shot by a police officer, it doesn't matter what he did or was doing. And I don't know, by the way, what he did or was doing. I know it was a traffic stop. 
And I know that the police officer decided to arrest the person at the traffic stop, the 20-year-old named Dante Wright, because uh, he had an outstanding warrant. That's what cops do when they run your license during a traffic stop. they got to see if there are any outstanding warrants for you and see if there's any uh, you know, reason to do anything more than just give you a citation or a warning. That's what they do. It's police work. Found out he had a warrant, so tried to arrest him. And the individual decided to jump back in their car and speed away. He was shot by the police officer. Now, the rest, I have no idea, like I said. Because the investigation isn't, hasn't begun yet, much less been completed. But don't tell that to the left. Because of the indoctrination of the masses, that blacks are victims of police, that police are always guilty, that white supremacy and white privilege always will lead to more black victimization, that's the, all the investigation they needed in Minneapolis. And so bricks were hurled at passers-by's cars, in other words, non-police cars, just innocent people. Bricks were hurled at their cars. Police cars were flat-out destroyed, jumped up and down. Fires were set, and yes, store windows were smashed, and Nikes were stolen. I don't even know if they were Nikes. It doesn't matter, because it just fits the narrative. Goods were stolen. Looting happened. Do we know if it was a just shooting or not? No, it just happened. Do we know any of the facts at all? No, it just happened. So since we don't know what happened yet, let's use that opportunity to say, well, we're, we're, we're kind of in the dark here, so let's go destroy things just in case it's a good reason to destroy. And if later we find out that it was a just shooting, well, too bad. We already got our stuff. We already made our statement. We already burned, and we already looted, and... I guess nobody else got murdered, or nobody got murdered. I was trying to do the BLM thing there, which is burn, loot, murder, in the cases of many of these circumstances. But the bottom line is they don't wait for um, those on the left, is who I'm talking about here. That includes white people and black people, because there are just as many white instigators as a part of BLM and Antifa as there are black. So This is not a black thing, really. But it is about, as I said, race in America. Because white, guilt-ridden liberals on the left have incensed black Americans to believe that they are always victims, critical race theory teaches white people are all racist and they all hate you, and you are always going to be victimized whenever there is a situation in which a black person is killed. Whatever the black person was doing does not matter. It is a crime. It is, an, it is a racist crime. The cop did it because this guy was black, and on and on we go. So that's where I'm going to leave it for now. I'm going to leave it this way. A citywide curfew was issued for uh, by Brooklyn Center, that's Minneapolis, uh, Mayor Mike Elliott, until 6 a.m. this morning. The curfew has now been lifted after about 500 people gathered overnight to say, we don't care what the investigation is going to show. We're going to, we're going to take our pound of flesh right now, and we're going to take our thousands of dollars of goods from innocent store owners right now. Uh, and that's where we stand. Whatever the investigation turns up later, eh, we'll deal with that another time. But for now, let's get ours, and let's continue to advance the division and advance the hatred between races in this country. After all, it is right out of the leftist playbook. It is right out of the Marxist playbook, and yes, it is right out of the DNC. The Democratic National Committee is proud to sponsor this message. And I'll be right back. 
Have a question for Bob? A comment? A complaint? Hit up the authority message line. Call 216-525-1806 and make your voice heard. That's 216-525-1806. Call the authority message line. Yes, indeed. That's to leave the message. To get on the air live, all you got to do is call 216-901-0945 right now. We've got time for you. We'll have plenty of time in hour number two as well as we are guest-free in the second hour on this Monday edition. Jim Jordan, Ohio congressman and ranking member of the House Judiciary, will be joining us at uh, 948. So uh, it's your opportunity at 216-901-0945. Let me get to uh, Mark, who's calling from Fairview Park, before we get into our next story. Hey, Mark, you're on the air, buddy. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I just wanted to mention that uh, I turned on the TV today, and CBS had a new uh, new fan on today, uh, Representative Boehner. And uh, naturally, they gave him a lot of time. They loved his book, loved him, and he even gave his spiel without a Kleenex box on hand. Uh, the same old story, though. Oh, we have to sit down and find common ground. And when I worked in my father's bar, we I always worked out arguments and everything. Well, this ain't a bar we're dealing with here, okay? I feel sorry, though, for how many trees had to die to expose this uh, Kasich clone so Boehner could financially. Why, why is he? I don't understand. Why is he in the news, and why are we talking about John Boehner? Well, just because you popped up. I mean, just to let your let your audience know that you're going to be seeing this on all the stations now. And uh, But why? You know, why that, is he in the news? I have no idea. As I said, maybe he needs he, he, he's trying to get some belated uh, notoriety or whatever. You know? right. Well, let, let, but, let him let, let him die. Let, I mean, I don't mean that literally. Let his let his public right. persona die. We don't need to talk about him, and you certainly don't need to watch him if he's on TV. I'd like to know why he's on. I guess, is, is he doing a book tour? Is that what you're saying? He wrote a book. Yeah, he's got a book. He's got a new oh. book out. Oh, well, that's yeah. why they're just getting yeah. Which no, trashes every, all Republicans, you know. So yeah, well, the hell with John Boehner. I don't need to talk about him. Thanks for the call, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, look, if somebody is is not newsworthy enough to be put on TV, and I think you agree that he's not, then he's certainly not newsworthy enough to talk about on a radio show as well. John Boehner uh, was a terrible, terrible, terrible Republican politician, uh, and I have no, uh, you know, and Speaker of the House, I have no. Uh, reason to want to uh, endure him any longer all right let me pivot to this because i just got done doing a commercial for ohio stands up and i was talking about all of the rights that have been taken away from us here in the state of ohio which by the way i will also talk about tonight at the strongsville gop meeting at seven o'clock um among those rights are the rights of your children to learn the, the rights of your children to be able to go to school and be provided an education paid for by the public tax dollars and that that education include in-person learning, that that education include face-to-face contact with other human beings so that children can see the smiles of their friends and, yes, see the warm smiles and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, relationship and conversation and communication with their teachers and their aides and their coaches and their tutors and the principals and so on and so forth. It is not educational to sit your kids home in front of their computers for a calendar year and counting. It just, it's not right. It's not productive. It's not healthy for the children. This is one of the things that Ohio Stands Up is, is fighting for, to make sure that your kids are all back in school five days a week, no more restrictions, because they are not at risk uh, in any measurable number whatsoever from this virus. So that leads me to California again. And this California teacher caught and recorded, not caught because she was doing a Zoom video, but recorded, maybe with her knowledge, maybe without, I don't know, but it was a Zoom call, a Zoom class, 
in the state where the, the uh, teachers unions out there simply refuse to come in and do their jobs, to let their membership come in and do their jobs. The only way California teachers going in person to teach anybody is when they're reporting to DHS facilities to teach face-to-face illegal aliens. The illegal aliens in the migrant detention facilities are getting face-to-face contact and instruction from San Diego teachers' union members But the kids who actually go to those teachers' schools get nothing but Zoom crap. And so, rightfully, many parents have been complaining. I'm one of them, and I don't even live in California. And I've got a student in a Catholic high school right now who has been in school every day for the second semester and was in every other day for the first half of the school year. Didn't make me happy that it was only halfway, but, you know, we are talking about starting back last August when all this is going on. So August through about January, they were going uh, every other day, and uh, ever since uh, January, they've been going every day. But still, I know so many people who are suffering, uh, so many kids who are suffering, rather, and parents who are extraordinarily frustrated. Well, apparently, the parents in the San Marcos High School Uh, are also frustrated and have been expressing their anger at the teachers down there in California, in Southern California, who refuse to come to work. So in this video from the Zoom call that has been shared on Facebook, a teacher at the San Marcos High, at San Marcos High School named Alyssa Pirro decided to yell at her students over their parents being frustrated and angry that they won't come in to do their jobs. They being the teachers won't come in to do their jobs. This you have to hear to believe. themselves out. The haters did. They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in because other people put them in that situation. Well, my question is, in this case, where is the uh, white student union? Because, because we, we need all race. You need a white student union, Jake. Oh. You get everything. Your parents. I'm going to pause there. The first part that you just heard, I neglected to set that up properly. She was also doing white shaming. She's a white teacher, by the way, this uh, this uh, Alyssa Piro. And she j- you should have seen the anger on her face, because I'm looking at the Zoom video here. You can't see it through your radio. Don't try. You'll crash. But I will tell you the anger on her face when she said, white, white, you don't need a white student union. You get everything. Now, I don't know the pretext of all of that, but I will tell you that this has been a subject that has come up before. Why are there BSUs on college campuses and in high schools, BSUs being black student unions? Is that not intentional self-segregation? Yes. If white students aren't allowed into the black student union meetings, then it is indeed segregation. And it is discriminatory based on race. And if you are going to greenlight discrimination based on race, why can't there be white student unions? That was the question that a student started to ask, and the rage on her face just came out when she yelled that last part. Because other people put them in that situation. My question is, in this case... Where is the uh, white student union? Because because we, we need all the You need a white student union, Jake. Oh. You get everything. <laughs> this is one of these white guilt-ridden liberal uh, pieces of flotsam and jetsam who have no business whatsoever educating students. None. None. Her rage at a white student for asking, well, if we're trying to make all races equal, then why don't we have one for blacks, one for whites, etc., which is a fair question no one has an answer to, so she decided to shout it down with anger. 
But at any rate, now let's pivot to the part about the teachers doing their jobs and parents being upset when they won't. If your parent wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession, I would love to hear that. I know very little about anything else in the world other than education, okay? However, if your parent wants to come talk to me about how I'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual, just dare them to come at me. Because I'm so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry. So... I'm going to take a time out here because it's 945 and I've got Jim Jordan waiting. And I may even ask him about this. But parents, you heard her. Any parent who wants to complain about how teachers aren't doing their jobs with distance learning, she said, come at me. Even though she can't hear us, and I, by the way, am desperately looking for her contact info to invite her onto this show or to invite her onto the National Larry Elder Show on Thursday that I'll be hosting. I'm sure she won't come on, but I want to come at her. Maybe you can help me. 216-901-0945. Right back with Jim Jordan next. Okay, 948 on the button, and uh, that means it's time for Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's uh, 4th Congressional District Representative, and of course he is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, fresh off of a visit last week to McAllen, Texas. He decided, Congressman, first of all, good morning. Good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Secondly, I just wanted to say, in one visit, you have already done more to deal with the border crisis than Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have done together, because neither one of them have gone down there to see things firsthand, to develop and strategize and come up with a game plan on how to deal with this. You went, they wouldn't go. What are your takeaways from what you saw? No, they won't go because they don't want the American people to know that it's it's much more than a crisis. It's complete chaos. Forty percent of the border agent's time, Bob, is spent processing um, immigrants, illegal immigrants coming across the border versus, you know, actually patrolling and doing what we, you know, what taxpayers would expect them to do. These guys are busting their tail, by the way, working hard for us. So, yeah, they don't want the American people to know. They won't let the press in. When, when, when Secretary Mayorkas went down last Friday, um, he didn't let the press in. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but they already know the answer. They already know what needs to happen. They need to put back in place the policies that were working, but they refused to do that because it was Trump's policies. So um, they won't go down, and they won't they won't uh, they won't do the remedy that they know uh, will will work because it was working before, and that's that's just how that's just how difficult the situation is. But um, I don't think they're ever going to do the right thing. Did they give you full access, and did they give cameras full access while you were down there? Yep, we got full access, but the press wasn't allowed in. So again, uh, same same games they've been they've been playing. Um, you know, last month, the month of March was the, this is, this is straight from the agents. Last month, they said, was the busiest month in the history of Border Patrol keeping staff and keeping that. That shows you how overwhelming the problem is. And the number I keep using is 
we, we were in this one pot at the Donna, Texas facility, the holding uh, facility. <laughs> at that facility, in this one particular area, uh, COVID protocols dictate that you're, you're supposed to have 33 kids in this area. They had 527. So that's wow. the overwhelming number that's coming across. Uh, 16,000 kids in, in DHS custody now, because once they get through Border Patrol uh, and, and Customs, they then are then the unaccompanied minors are moved to DHS Department, or excuse me, uh, HHS uh, Health and Human Services. They then contract with non-government organizations and they, they house the kids. We visited one of them. They told us across the country, sixteen thousand kids uh, in 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 these holding facilities, and that the average turnover time is about twenty four days once they once uh, Health and Human Services gets them. So every twenty four days, a new sixteen thousand. They expect that sixteen thousand to move to sixty thousand with the same kind of turnover rate every twenty four days. So you start adding that up, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of unaccompanied children brought into the country and then are going to move off with some kind of relative anywhere and everywhere around our nation. That That is what's going on. And that doesn't even count the families that come in that get moved immediately into the country, all because Joe Biden says, we're not going to build a wall, we're going to undo the stay in Mexico policy, and we're going to announce to the world that everybody can come. So um, that's that's now what we uh, what we have on our on our southern border and all across the country. Um, tell, correct my correct me on the policy here if I'm wrong, but um, my, my my belief is or my understanding is, and maybe it's just my from my observation, but that the press corps, the White House press corps, gets to travel with the president everywhere he goes. Is that mm-hmm. the reason why Biden and Harris won't go to the border? Because as you just said, you were allowed full access; the press was not. If the president goes down, doesn't the press get to go with him and and and, and shoot everything that he does? It could be, but uh, but I bet they could. If, if the president went down there, they could still keep the press from going into the Donna facility, into some of these locations. The press is with us; they just weren't allowed into certain. But why? This, this is not, I mean, there, there's not national security secrets being drafted in, in a room. It's not like they're being asked to, the press is asking to go into a war room during, you know, in the Pentagon. We're talking about just seeing the facilities. Why would the press be denied yeah. to follow the president when they are the White House press corps? Yeah, because, again, they don't want the country to see. Yeah. You don't, you, they don't want the country to see these little kids and the look on their faces. I mean, you, your, your heart goes out to every one of these children. And these families, they, they want what, what you and I have got to enjoy, Bob, this greatest country ever, the United States of America. They want what our country offers its citizens. You know what? I think the irony here, too, is think of all these people who are coming to this country that the left says is, is, is racist, that the left says is terrible, that the left says is the worst country, you know, and wants to undo all our history. Yet you've got millions and millions of people around the world who want to come here, the greatest nation ever. So that's sort of the great contradiction here. They don't. They don't want that message out, and that's why. They're, that's why they're keeping the press out. Um, and, and 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 it's also just the basic thing. They can't. They can't admit that what President Trump put in place was actually working. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's driven by those simple facts, and it's uh, it's tough on these families who are coming, and it's and it's wrong for the American people. As I said last week, Bob, you can't get into your capital today. You can't get into your capital to exercise your right to petition your government. You can't get into your capital. But anybody and everybody can get into your country. That's what the left has done to our great nation. We're talking with Congressman, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional Representative. Congressman, let me pivot to a couple of other things. I'm going to combine two stories here to ask you, because both are involving Joe Biden actions or statements. Joe Biden has already commissioned now a, an 83-member panel, I believe it is, to study the idea of packing the courts. Now, this comes after one Supreme Court justice has already made a strong declarative statement against such an idea. It's a terrible idea. But he is already studying it, and apparently that 83-member panel is overwhelmingly 
progressive. So they're going to recommend the packing of the courts. Now, this is a direct attack on our republic. It's a direct attack on our constitution and the way our, our republic is run. Then so is number two, which is Joe Biden among his Second Amendment orders last week. We only touched on it before they were actually written or signed. But I want you want to ask you your thoughts on his statement when it comes to the Second Amendment when he said no amendments to the Constitution. In other words, the Bill of Rights is not absolute. I, I found that to be as much of an attack on the Republic as I said court packing would be. What's yep. your reaction yep. to those two things? No, it's frightening. Uh, it's frightening. I mean, I mean but, but it, it shouldn't surprise us with the left. Think about your rights under the First Amendment, your right to practice your faith, your right to petition your government, your right to assemble, freedom of the press, and your right to speak. Every single one of those five rights in the First Amendment has been attacked over the past year. Government told you you couldn't go to church. Government told you you can't get together. You can't have people in your house. You have to, we had curfews, for goodness sake. Government said you, you can't go to – right now you can't get into your capital to petition your government. Last fall, they limited the press's ability to cover the biggest story coming up to the, to the election, which was the Hunter Biden story. And, of course, we all know what cancel culture has done to your First Amendment rights to speak. So your five key liberties under the First Amendment have all been infringed upon in a major way over the last year. So it shouldn't surprise us that they want to do the same thing to the Second Amendment, and they want to pack the court so that the court right now, which would, I think, rule in our favor on those, those fundamental liberties being attacked, may rule differently in the future. They don't need a commission, by the way, to study uh, whether they want to pack the court. We already know they want to pack the court. This is just a step to try to make it look sort of plausible and better and, 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 and fit in with their, what they're trying to do. We already know what they want to do. They want to pack the court, but they want to set up a commission to give them a little, uh, 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 some, some excuse to go ahead and do what we all know is wrong. Yeah, and, and, and this is again, you know, and let's, let's go on now and talk about voting rights. Again, when I talk about our republic being in, 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 in severe danger right now of, of, of being lost, this is, this is the other way that it goes. They got together, uh, no, I shouldn't say that this isn't something that was commissioned by Biden, but over 100 corporate leaders got together for a Zoom gathering, apparently over this past weekend, in order to discuss ways that they can influence, uh, use their own influence and their power and the billions of dollars collectively that they control in the U.S. marketplace to challenge state voting laws. In other words, they want to use their power to make sure no other states do what Georgia did, and perhaps to get Georgia to, Georgia to repeal the secure voting uh, yeah. uh, reforms that they just passed. Yeah, Republicans buy sneakers too, Bob. Uh, you know, Republicans <laughs> are going to buy airline tickets too. Republicans are going to buy, uh, Republicans watch sports too. Uh, I mean, this is this is ridiculous, but this is how the woke left tries to virtue signal and how they how they try to operate um, today. There are 75 million Republicans who actually shop and, and, and go to the go to the movies, go to the ballpark, um, you know, drink Coca-Cola or well, not Coca-Cola, maybe drink soft drinks, I should say. So uh, I think, you know, and I think what's also going to be interesting, we'll see what these uh, what these corporations, how they act. When the Democrats come here in, in a few months and try to raise their taxes, uh, we'll see if they're uh, if they're all Democrat then. Um, but I think it's I think it's a mistake, and I think Americans are, are recognizing this and are going to uh, going to push back. Well, are they though? You know, because what you said at the beginning there of that response, Republicans buy sneakers too. I, I kind of feel like. You know, the, these corporations know that we're not going to stop. We are going to continue to buy their sneakers, drink their Woca Cola, do all of the different, all of these different companies, fly their Delta Airlines. We're all going to keep doing it. I, I mean, has the time? Normally, we as Republicans well, and as conservatives don't don't push for boycotting companies. No, we just don't do it. That's no, a leftist I, thing. But maybe it's time. I, no, I, I agree, and maybe it is time. I think there was a piece written by Shapiro or someone last week where they said maybe it's time to start actually uh, actually doing. I think what's going to happen is. 
Americans are going to say when given the when, when they have the option. Oh, it, it, will, will I fly American or will I fly Delta right now? This, if you can choose American, you fly American. I mean, I think I think until American until American Airlines CEO joins the joins American, the party and does the same thing, and now what do we have? We have no choices. Yeah, well, maybe so. But uh, I think then there's still 75 million of us, and there's still the choice at the, at, the, at the ballot box, and you still need elected officials to stand up and speak out against this stuff. And like I said, the Democrats are still going to try to raise every one of these, in, in these companies' taxes, so we'll see how they react then. I just see this as such a vicious circle, though, because you're right. Um, we can speak then 75 million strong at the ballot boxes, but if they are successful in making sure that the restrictions are loosened on on election security and that cheating and fraud yeah. can be indeed uh, you know run rampant, then how do we? You see what I'm saying? I mean, they, they they've got yeah, no, us in both I, ends. I, they got us at both ends of this thing. No, I, I I I get that, but look at the bright side. Look at what Florida's doing. They're pushing back. I, I think we talked about this last week. The left controls everything. They control big media. They control big tech. They control big sports. They control uh, all the federal government right now. They control Hollywood. They control higher education. But they still don't control state governments, and that's why you're seeing this push against states who are enacting the right kind of legislation. But yeah. I think states are going to continue to push back. When What happened in our state three weeks ago when they overrode the governor's veto? It's, it's fun. No, no, no. We're not going to put up with this any longer. What's happening in Florida? What's happening in, in uh, other states, in, in, uh, particularly in the South, where they're pushing back on, on the crazy left-wing policies? You're going to see more of that, and that's where we have to fight back, because frankly, that's all we have right now is, is control of state governments. So we have to push back, and that's exactly what the founders expected to happen when, when you, in, in, in a federal system like we have. So I, I look at the positives there. And I think you're going to see more because more and more. When I'm out and about talking with citizens, they all get what you and I are talking about. They understand this yeah. is BS. So uh, I, I think you're going to see more and more of that happen at the state level. Let me get one final question as Congressman, and this one's about money. Uh, $2.25 trillion infrastructure bill. The left has run out of ways to defend the fact that only 6%, roughly, of that $2.25 trillion is to actual infrastructure. So they've taken now to redefining infrastructure. Yeah. Nancy yeah. Pelosi has declared that this bill um, supports human infrastructure. So, in other words, it's not about bridges, road, roads, tunnels, airlines, airports. Human infrastructure. In other words, every liberal group yeah. of humans we give the money to, we are supporting their infrastructure. Yeah, no, when you, when you can't win the debate, you redefine it. Uh, you redefine the terms, and that's exactly what, the, what, what you're seeing from the left. And it's not new. You know, we, we, we've, I, I remember uh, Rush always talked about words mean things. And when you try to redefine all that so that you can say anything and mean anything and get anything you want done, that's exactly what the left is trying to do here. So, uh, again, that shouldn't surprise us. The nature of today's left is about big government, big control, and less freedom for you, the individual, in this great country. And that's what we have to understand. We've seen it. It's, I mean, it started a little over a year ago when all the, 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 the COVID restrictions came in and all they did to you, telling you you couldn't go to the church, couldn't go to work, couldn't go to school, couldn't go to a loved one's funeral, directly infringed on your fundamental First Amendment liberties, and um, now they're trying to redefine terms in a way to carry the debate and spend more of your money on crazy left-wing things. Yeah, that is exactly what they're doing. And again, we have to find a way to push back against it. It's tough to do from a minority perspective, but that's what we have to do. The states are going to push back. Yeah, I was going to say, Bob, the states are going to push back, and then we are going to take back the House in 2022, and then we'll hold them in check until we win the White House in 2024. That's, that's how our system works. And that's what we got to push for. From your words to God's ears. I hope that is exactly how it goes down. <laughs> Congressman, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon. You bet.
Right, Thanks, that's Jim, Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The